Almost a year ago, Arsenal's hopes of qualifying for the Champions League were smashed by a demoralising defeat at Newcastle. Now there's even more on the line as the Gunners visit St James's Park as Mikel Arteta's men look to keep alive their fading title hopes. They'll face a Newcastle team that's won eight of the last nine in the Premier League and is soaring towards a place in European football's top competition. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. Marco Hare's been glued to the screens of the Bet Cave, ready for the home stretch of the season. Mark Newcastle are the favourites to win this game, and that shows their progress because they're facing a team that's led the league for most of the campaign. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think Newcastle, for me, have been one of the surprises of the season. Um, obviously, we know about the investment, but they've they've been recruited very smartly over the last eighteen months. Uh, incremental improvements to the spine of the side and. We've seen the results and, you know, I think when Eddie Howe was first appointed, there was a few question marks around his ability after how things went with Bournemouth, which I think was a little bit harsh considering he'd kept Bournemouth as a stable Premier League club for so many years before the demise. But um, I think there was always an accusation that he couldn't coach a defence. Bournemouth were always a very front foot team scoring goals and would try and outscore you if they were to pick up a result. And it often left them flat footed and and pretty um, exposed when they played the bigger teams. But we've seen... Newcastle shift between what is now a very exciting front foot side scoring goals and looking incredibly good going forward. But at the start of the season, they were so strong defensively, so resolute, so well def- well organised. But um, yeah, it's provided the platform for them to, to put this challenge in place. And it does look like Champions League football is going to be assured at some point. Um, it's still not guaranteed, so there's still plenty on the line for them. Uh, and they'll fancy their chances because of obviously what happened last year against Arsenal and the way in which Arsenal have played up until that game against Chelsea. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this game. I think it could be quite a bit of a, a blockbuster, actually. I know the reverse at the Emirates was, was pretty dull. Newcastle went there for a point, defended well, managed to grab a nil-nil. But I just think that both teams have, have shape-shifted since, really. And uh, the fact that it's at St James's Park almost lends itself for Newcastle to to go at Arsenal, um, release the shackles and, and try and try and hit them where it hurts really and um, that is at the back um, because defensively, sorry going forward Newcastle, they had that lean spell over Christmas and New Year where they, I think they won once in eight was it? And they looked to be sort of regressing back to the mean but they've bounced back as you say with those eight wins from nine, they scored twice or more in all eight of those victories, the only blip was that no show at Aston Villa but they scored 13 goals in the last three games and they're not just scoring goals they're absolutely savaging some of these defenses yeah. they're absolutely opening them up they're averaging 2.89 goals per game during that nine match streak which is uh massive numbers really and uh i'm not sure if it's intentional or not but the handbrake seems to have been released uh, since mid-january they've only managed one clean sheet in 13 actually so goals have been the the order of the day really in newcastle matches overs in eight of the last nine to me it looks the best way to go again here i could conceivably make a case for either side um, but um i just think goals kind of releases the, the stress a little bit and allows you to support both and um you know credit to arsenal i thought their season might tail off after that man city match it was a bit of a mauling in their biggest game of the season they hadn't been playing pretty well 
before that either. It was four games without a win, but they responded excellently against Chelsea in midweek. Um, I know Chelsea. Helps when Chelsea. Chelsea come to town, though, doesn't it? <laughs> I was going to say those absolute che- bozos. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think the way in which they went about the business from the off, some of the goals they scored were were really really superb and you know Arteta freshened things up a little bit made a few changes the issue I have really of Arsenal coming into this match is we know all about William Saliba's absence that's been covered extensively throughout the season but they're going to Newcastle potentially without Gabriel as well uh, he picked up a knock in that match and that could be very damaging um, they're not keeping clean sheets anyhow just 5-20 and 20 since the World Cup break so I expect them to concede in this match they've conceded twice or more in 7 of 13 and actually they've conceded twice or more in five or six away at the top eight as well. So fully expect Newcastle to oblige. They might even score twice here, but uh, Arsenal almost always score themselves. They've fired just two blanks. All key forwards are fit and available. Uh, they've seen overs in 12 of their last 13 and in 13 of 16 against the top half as well. So I think this has got the makings of being quite a fun affair between two teams who will be playing to win this match and happy to support a goal-heavy game as well. So... Quite keen to get involved on the exchange on over two and three quarter goals at 1.85. It uh, guarantees a payout uh, if there's at least three goals in this game. Full stakes payout if there's four or more. And the only way we don't make money is if there's zero, one or two goals. I'd be surprised if this uh, ends up with being a, a pretty tight, close and competitive game. Yeah, What would Arsenal do if Saliba and Gabriel are both out? I suppose you'd have to move Ben White from right back across, wouldn't you? Uh, the Polish guy right? uh, whose name... Oh, Kivior, yes, Kivior. Yeah. He did all right, actually, yes. yes you might have him and holding at centre-half, which, which is uh, frightful. <laughs> He's shaking his head already before I've even introduced him. Uh, trader, tipster and renowned acrobat Emmett O'Keefe joins us uh, <laughs> once again. Uh, Emmett, the idea of Kivior and holding together has frightened you. It has, yeah. I think it's, it's even... Yeah, just, just to kind of illustrate what kind of Mark was saying. I think before Christmas, Arsenal conceded 11 goals in 14 matches. They're like conceding 0.78 goals per game, really strong defensive record. Since Christmas, they conceded 28 goals in 20 matches, so 1.4 goals per game, nearly doubled. That's obviously been exacerbated in recent weeks when Rob Holding's kind of been, become the kind of, become, become a starter um, and he gets a lot of stick, Rob Holding, doesn't he, to be fair? But I, it's hard, isn't it, when the drop-off's so big between... Rob Holding, if you dropped him in a load of teams, would be amazing. Like, that's obvious. Like, relatively, he's obviously yeah. a really good Champ- player. Ch- championship teams, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But yeah. if you've got Saliba, yeah. and then you go, oh, he's injured. Uh, yeah. We've got this guy. He's just not the same, is it? It is. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's, it's when you're going from... Like exactly, if you go from near near superstar level centre back to kind of kind of a middling level, it it obviously it looks worse because of the kind of the contrast in levels and the player who's replacing is so good, and it is also illustrative of the difference in resource. I think we can't forget that in that Man City are kind of a are a state back team with with nearly unlimited resources. Like their backup centre halves are like are like are like Americ Laporte signed from huge huge money. Obviously, they're playing Nathan Aki fullback but he could fill it centre half again sign sign for like 40 plus million see your team with far greater resources than Arsenal and that just means that Arsenal had far less margin for error on that fateful night against Sporting Lisbon like if Saliba hadn't got injured 
who knows? Maybe I, I, I think you can't say. I think given how well City are playing, I think City would definitely have taken Arsenal at home. But maybe Arsenal might have beaten Southampton. Maybe they might have beaten yeah. West Ham. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it could be different. That's the thing. If you're for, for, for the teams with less resources, the margins for error are so much smaller. Uh, and we've kind of seen that with 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 Saliba's absence and just coming into this game. I just I, I I like Newcastle here. I think they're drawing a bet there uh, at one point nine. Kivior against Holding against Isaac and Joe Linton. It just it just it's a recipe for disaster. I think also Thomas Partey, I think who's been central to Arsenal's great form this season, has kind of lost form and kind of and, 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 and we kind of saw saw him left out on Monday night. So you just that kind of that defensive solidity that Arsenal success was built on has kind of gone. I just think I think just given the game state as well, say if it's a draw with twenty minutes to go and Arsenal have to try and push to get the win, like Newcastle are a super, superb counter attacking team, like especially with having especially with the ability to bring on a player like Callum Wilson with say 20-25 minutes to go I think Ellie Howe's going to handle that situation really well in the sense that I, I, I imagine Wilson's been a, he's, he's been about Newcastle for a few years he's kind of probably a big a big voice in the dressing room yeah. and that even though he's Isak's ahead of him in the pecking order he's kept, he's kind of he, he has picked Wilson at times but it's that classic situation when you have a player like Wilson who's a bit older who has issues with fitness at times you get the best version of him if you play him less yeah. So, you, 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 so we've seen that when he's only playing once every couple of weeks or once every ten days, you're seeing a really good Callum. You're seeing the very the very best of Callum Wilson. I think that. So I think Howe's handled that really well. I think, and it's just it's, an, it's kind of it's a great position to be in if Arsenal are two one ahead that he can play Wilson and Isak together and kind of and and, and, and that'll be a hugely threatening strike force against Arsenal um, in that period. Yeah, I kind of, I, I'd be looking as well at maybe Rob Holding in, in the card markets. I think Isak, I think Isak's one of the most, de- apart from Erling Haaland, I think he's, he's close, close, one of the best centre center forwards in the Premier League and, and a nightmare to play against and has a huge kind of pace edge over Holding. So yeah, I'd be looking at Newcastle, Drone O'Bet and maybe Rob Holding in the cards and in the cards and fouls markets as well. Yeah, Isak is an extraordinary player. He looks like he's made of pipe cleaners. Like the, the the body shape of him is extraordinary. You think he'd be knocked off the ball really easily, but there's such a steal in that guy. And in terms of talent, he's just outrageously gifted. Uh, this football season, get a helping hand with Betfair's popular bet builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favourite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. T's and C's in the description. 18 plus. See gambleaware.org. Some massive games on Bank Holiday Monday. Leicester visit Fulham with the Foxes battling for survival. Interestingly, Fulham the outsiders here at Craven Cottage. Mark, I guess that's down to motivation, but Marco Silva's been very, very adamant that they are not on the beach and actually gave Liverpool a run for their money, played pretty well against Manchester City, won at Everton recently. They haven't thrown the towel in yet. No, I agree. Um, I think if you're lazy, you would look at their recent form and say seven defeats in nine suggest they have uh, put their flip-flops on and, and gone to the beach early doors um, because you know Premier League survival has been well assured. They're not going to qualify for Europe. But as you say, I think against Man City, they gave them plenty to ponder for the most part of that game. were very, very competitive. Um, you know, Julian Alvarez scores a, a cracking goal to, to secure the win, really, for City. But I think Fulham would have been... Um, 
disappointed not to take something out of that match. And as well, on Wednesday night at Anfield as well against Liverpool, they created opportunities, had chances to score, Alisson make some saves. They missed some good opportunities too. And, you know, it's, it comes down to a penalty, which is converted for Liverpool, the difference between the two teams. So I think they will be approaching this game with a positive mindset, eager to put on a bit of a show in their penultimate home game of the season. Uh, I think they will be difficult opposition for, for Leicester, who dropped points on Monday night in what was you know a bit of a must-win game, really, I would have said, you know, home to an Everton team who don't travel well. Uh, I thought they were slightly fortunate as well. I thought Everton put them under real pressure, looked a real threat from set pieces, bullied them at times as, as well. But um, yeah, it was a, a frantic game, a really frenetic game, actually produced the highest expected goals total of any match in the Premier League this season. Uh, around about 6.7 XG, um, quite a distance to the highest XG total in the league this season. I know there were two penalties involved, but there was it was tremendous fun, back and forth. Um, and Leicester seemed to have released the shackles since Rodgers uh, was sacked. Um, you know, in their four Premier League games since then, they've generated an XG tally of, of more than two on all four occasions, averaging 2.61 XG and 9.75 shots in the box. But uh, before... Rogers was sacked. They had 30 Premier League games. They averaged 1.2 xG and exceeded 2.0 xG on only four occasions. So a very big difference there. And I know playing Leeds and Everton will obviously help massage those figures in your favour. But uh, I think we've seen sort of the rebirth of, of Jamie Vardy. Really, he's looked really, really sharp in the last couple of games. Uh, Sumaria midfield has been good. Sunchu's come back into the team, and we've also seen Everson get the nod between the sticks. I expected him to start the season, actually, after what was a, an exceptional campaign in the Championship last season. He's been playing very well, too. But, um, yeah, this won't be easy um, because Fulham, as I say, will be quite keen to to sort of um, end their, their, their Ross and run recently of seven defeats in nine. But, um, yeah, I don't expect them to be passive. I think they'll play their part. And I want to get with goals here because over two and a half goals is, is 1.85 on the exchange, which... It was quite big for uh, two teams who have been involved in, in plenty of goal-filled games. Uh, Fulham have only kept three clean sheets at home. Leicester, just as three clean sheets away all season. We still know that Leicester are the only team across Europe's five leagues not to keep a clean sheet since the World Cup. And uh, that defence... You know, That's which, extraordinary, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's embarrassing when we talked about it on last week's show, but the likes of Angers, Hertha Berlin, all these struggles. <laughs> LJ have kept clean sheets, but Leicester haven't managed to. Um but we know they'll be front foot as well. Um, we know they've got plenty of quality in forward areas. You know they've got uh, they've basically got the best attacker of all the strugglers down there. So they should be scoring at least one here against Fulham. I think this has got all the ingredients to be goal heavy. Um, Overs has landed in twelve of Fulham seventeen at home. Eleven of those saw both teams score. Overs has landed in eleven of Leicester's seventeen away, as has both teams scoring. And actually, if you exclude the bottom six, eleven of Leicester's twelve away have also gone over two and a half goals. Uh, I think they're going to score. Possibly twice here, but I think Fulham will contribute too. I think it should have a, a decent total. I'm surprised Overs is 1.85. I have it much closer to about 1.75, 1.7. In sport, what's just as important as the goals, the glory, the roar of the crowd? Yes, it's the half-time break. Time for a breather, a reset to keep everything on track. In sports betting, Betfair's safer gambling tools help you do that too. Like timeouts, so you take that all-important half-time break or deposit limits to help you keep count. Manage your play at safergambling.betfair.com. Simple ways to stay on top of your game with Betfair. 18 plus be gambleaware.org. 
Brighton up against Everton. We don't know at time of recording how Brighton have got on against Manchester United, but they are one of the better teams in the Premier League. There's no doubt about that. Everton leakier than expected, I think it's fair to say, under Sean Dyche. And Emma, it's been a strange old run for them because I know they were more attacking against Leicester, but generally they're so poor going forward. And if you're then conceding goals, that's a pretty toxic combination at this stage of the season. It is. The only thing I'd say is I think Dyche has gone has played more attacking style of football than he'd usually do because he knew how bad the striking options were in terms of like um, like having Ella Sims and kind of Damari Gray as your strikers. If that's the case, you kind of need to be more attacking to give yourself a chance of scoring because you can't rely on the strikers bailing, yeah. bailing you out through individual. So I just think the angle I just like to Everton here is just that I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin's return is enormous. I think at his best, he's a kind of an international level striker who's, who's, who's a lot better than the likes of Sims and Gray. And I, I just thought it was, it was a really good sign for Everton. I know he scored, he, he scored from the penalty spot, but he had four shots, he had three shots on target. He was a threat throughout the match. And I, I I think he'll make a big difference to Everton. Again, as Mark was talking about how kind of high the the expected goals kind of output was in in the in the Leicester v Everton match, that three point three five expected goals that ever that Everton had was their highest output of the season by a distance. I don't think it's coincidence that came with kind of Calvert Lewin back in the lineup, and just given that, I think Brighton are touch short here at, at around one one thirty seven for the match. I can see Everton being just with Cavalloon there, they'd be, seem to be a bit more competitive. But the way I'd back Everton would definitely be both teams to score, which is around around 197. Under De Serbi, Brighton conceded 1.4 goals per game. Like they, For all their strengths, they aren't reliable defensively. And even if even if Brighton smash Everton in a kind of a 3 or 4 1 game, the, the bet will click here. So that's, that, that's, that's the, way, the way I'd look. Yeah, and Brighton by nature invite pressure on, don't they? Because they want to create those artificial transitions and you are eventually going to lose the ball in dangerous areas, but they are a hell of a team. Uh, we are making a few changes to our great daily office here at Betfair. You now have to opt into promotions to enjoy the rewards available on the Sportsbook and Exchange. You can opt in quickly and easily by clicking a promotional banner or going straight to the promotions page and clicking opt in. There's a step-by-step guide for you on betting.betfair.com. Dortmund against Wolfsburg on Sunday. I'm going to back Danielle Marlin to score at 7-5 to five on the sportsbook again, as always, with these goal scorer bets. Keep an eye on things as you get closer to the game. You might get a slightly better price on the exchange, but the Dutchman scored in five of his last seven games for Die Schwarzgelb, and he's been particularly good at home, I think. And... Wolfsburg, even though I think they could be quite awkward opponents for Dortmund, I think we'll give up some chances. So I think Daniel Marlin is quite a chunky price there. And finally, Emmett, we're going to drop into the EFL. Yeah, this is this is one under under the category of kind of as Mark Stench comes talk, talked about it, kind of the, the markets overrating the kind of motivation angles. So we're on the kind of final final day of of, of League One and Burton are playing at MK Dons. Burton are kind of in the lower mid table of League One with nothing to play for, whereas MK Dons can need to win to kind of guarantee survival 
in League One. But actually, in midweek, we saw kind of a, a repeat of this game, a repeat of the betting angle. Burton uh, were at home to Cambridge, who were kind of who, who similarly kind of needed to win to to kind of help their relegation chances in League One. Burton went off an inflated price of around three point seven on the exchange, and, and and actually won that match. And they're a slightly they're a slightly bigger price against MK Dons, who are kind of a similar level of team. So I I, I just I, I just think that. The kind of markets overrating the motivational angle here. I, I, I wouldn't expect Burton to lie down. I think I, I'd be happy to lay lay MK Dons in the exchange at around one point eight. And if you're back here on the sports book, I'd back Burton two point four. Um, to, to, to uh, draw draw a bet. Just on, yeah, um, yeah, on that Burton no. winning midweek um, when they were playing Cambridge. Cambridge obviously needing the result to to try and have any chance of survival. And you think Burton with nothing to play for would probably just kind of play the game out. But actually, I thought it was fascinating after the match. Their manager, Dino Marmaria, who's always kind of looking for edges anywhere he can find them, was comment, was quoted as saying, uh, I had three Cambridge players turn me down in January when it was really tough to bring any players in because of the state we were in. I'd like to think now they know all about what we're about, which <laughs> kind of goes to show the the sort of uh, motivation in the Burton sort of dressing room. And I think they'll probably attack the same game with MK Dons with the same sort of gusto, actually, that, that he's that kind of coach who just won't let his team sort of lie down and accept defeat. Here's the thing, Mark. So we talk about motivation a lot, especially at this part of the season. But there are real edges to be found here, aren't there? Because if you know teams pretty well... There are going to be some teams who jack it in as soon as they're safe or as soon as they can't make promotion or whatever, or as soon as you've got a lot of players who are out of contract or something like that. But there's always going to be clubs who are going to give it some, especially if they've got quite vociferous home crowds as well. So I guess there's definitely opportunities there, aren't there, for us? Yeah, I like to try and, similar with Dino Marmory and Burton, I like to try and sort of analyze the the manager sort of psyche and 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 try and assess their character because you kind of know you go back to the very old days in the 90s of Charlton under Alan Kirbishley they did wonderfully well to sort of uh, consolidate in mid table but by march time you knew they were signing off for the summers and they'd always end the season with four or five defeats on the spin because Kirbishley was quite happy you know his job was done but um there's another example i think actually in league 2 where the playoff race is really hotting up actually um Salford are going off around 1.5, possibly shorter at home to Gillingham. Uh, now Salford, because of their goal difference, I think it's about four goals better off than Mansfield in eighth. It would take a you know a huge turnaround for them to lose their place in the playoffs. And actually a point would do when they play Gillingham this weekend. They can't finish in the top three. So Gillingham are one of those teams with Neil Harris in mind. He's not going to let his team sort of just slack off, really, just because it's the last game away from home. Julian have got the third most points in League Two since they started uh, making their January signings in mid-January. They obviously had a takeover during the winter and were able to recruit some really sort of high-quality players for League Two. And sort of seeing Salford at 1.5, the motivational aspect's been massively overplayed there. Salford don't have to win that match to finish in the top seven. So uh, I think there'd be another opportunity to either lay the hosts or get Gillingham on side double chance or even back them plus one on the Asian handicap because, you know, even a, a narrow defeat gets your money back. So there will be opportunities like that. But I personally tend to sort of target the kind of head coaches, managers who will, you know, not allow their teams to slack off early doors. And I think Neil Harris with Gillingham and Dino Marbury with Burton are possibly two of the, the best candidates in that sense. 
That's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Lots of other good shows on the Betfair Podcast Network, including two racing shows. We've got the Wade In Podcast and Racing Only Better and loads of good articles on betting.betfair.com, not just Premier League, EFL. We've got loads of European leagues for you. And, of course, plenty of other sports too. From Emmett, from Mark and from me, it's goodbye for now.